Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today is January 14th, so we will be going in with chapter 14. And as always, I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, your pens, your pencils, highlighters, different things like that. And we'll be going in with verse 1. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. So even for the men and the women who are listening to this podcast, um, you pull down your own house. Like most of the time when we're foolish or when we're wicked, we destroy our own selves. We are held accountable for the decisions that we make. You know, it's kind of like reap what you sow like when you plant a seed for an apple tree you don't get mad because you got an apple tree instead of a grapevine you know because you you intentionally planted that seed so we have to realize that when we're being foolish we pull down our own houses with our own hands and in verse 2 it says he who walks in his uprightness fears the lord but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. Verse 3. And the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Verse 4. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an oxen. So in verse 4, I think it's talking about what's more important. You know, not having an oxen the trough is clean. You don't have to worry about cleaning it out. You don't have to worry about buying food for the oxes. But when the second part says, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. So you have to figure out which one is more important, not doing any work or having the strength to do the work and get increased. Like which one do I want? So it's going back to that diligent man versus being a sluggard man. Or a woman, that is, too. And in verse 5, it says, A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Verse 6, A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. So, I know like a few chapters back, and it was talking about how wisdom was crying out in the open places, and wisdom was just like screaming like, follow me, come eat of my bread, come drink of my wine. You know, we were reading that in chapter 8, I believe, chapters 8 and 9 maybe, when we were reading and talking about wisdom and how she cries out to the foolish people and the ones that lack understanding. But I believe that in this verse, foolish and being a scoffer is two different things. You know, you're you're just being it's different between just being dumb you know or being foolish and just say I'm gonna do what I want to do and I don't care versus just always saying I'm gonna do what I want to do and God isn't that great anyways or oh you go to church on Sundays I I can do this on Sundays I could spend my time better that's a scoffer one that just doesn't say that I'm gonna do what I want to do and that's 
that's it versus taking that extra mile and just talking about the things of God. I um, personally, I have been around certain people who will do that. They will not just say that I'm going to do what I want to do and that's it. No, they'll take it that extra mile and try and be against God. And I have more respect for the foolish and for the ones that lack wisdom than the scoffers because you don't you don't have to take it that extra mile. You know, that's exceeding. That's crossing the line and you don't have to take it that far. And that is why the scoffer will seek wisdom and not find it because they have evil intentions. You know, it's different than being foolish and being like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then you give them some information. It's like, oh, well, that that does kind of make sense. Oh, I, I think that's you're right about that. You're right. I probably shouldn't do that or I probably should do this. That's what the foolish will be like or the one that lacks understanding. And not always. Sometimes they'll be against it. And sometimes they'll be like, no, I want to stick to my own ways. But thank you, you know. But when you meet the scoffer and when you give them wisdom, sometimes they're only searching for wisdom with that hidden agenda to be against it. They're only searching for it so it can say, oh, see, this doesn't work because of this. Or, you know, uh, they'll say, I want wisdom. But as soon as they get it, they'll be super prideful and they'll be like, look at me. And they'll try because I have also experienced people who try and fight God's word with God's word. They'll fight one scripture with another scripture. And that's that's not right, because, you know, God's God's word is a collective perfection. You know, it's collectively perfect. So, you know. God even said a house divided against itself cannot stand. So why why would his word be a house divided against itself? So sometimes, even though they search for wisdom, it's not the same as being foolish. It's not the same as being uh, lacking understanding and being devoid of understanding. No, a scoffer is different. They have hidden agendas sometimes. And when they're a scoffer, and they seek wisdom and do not find it. Sometimes, you know, it's not that God's mean and God's like, oh, no, you're like this. So I'm going to treat you like you're like this because God sees us better than we see ourselves. But we have to be humbled. If you are a scoffer, if you know a scoffer and you try and, you know, give them wisdom sometimes and they just take it and they just clown on you for it and different things like that you just have to realize until they're humbled they may not get it you know you have to you so you don't fight with that person you have to realize until they're humble they're not going to fully grasp it because they don't want to it's not about we're no we us being christians or even if you're not christian just you tuning in and different things we all make our own decisions there's nothing different about me than about another sinner besides me claiming jesus christ and allowing myself to submit to the plans that he has for my life there's there's nothing really, there's no special treatment that I got, you know, that you won't get. God didn't say, okay, I'm I'm going to give you love if you come to me, but I'm not going to give this person love, but I'm going to give you love, okay? If you come to me, I'm going to give you love. No, there's no special treatment 
with accepting Christ, accepting knowledge, accepting understanding, and submitting. We all have to submit ourselves to the Lord. It didn't say that only only 10 people have to submit and then the other people can accept the Lord and still do what they want to do. No, everybody has to come to that place to where they submit to the Lord. And, you know, and people will try and make you feel like you got some special treatment, but you just have to let them know. No, no, it's it's not my fault that I come to the place to where I want to submit. And you have to let them know that and let them know that they're not going to get to where you're at if you don't submit or even where you're at right now. You might not get to where another person's at if you don't submit. It's all about submission. And that's why it says knowledge is easy to him who understands because that person is understanding. They are submitting to the Lord. So knowledge is easy. It's easy to understand when you're not trying to be against it. It's easy when you have the mindset of submission and you have that mindset, okay, I know that God is telling me truth. I know that God has thoughts of good and not evil for my life. I know that God desires for me to have a future and a hope. So I understand why he tells me not to commit fornication. I understand why he tells me not to lie. I understand why he wants me to go to church and gain more understanding. I understand why he wants me to be corrected. It's easier to understand when you have that mindset versus when you have that mindset of, why God, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? God, I don't see how this is going to work out for my life. See, I'm I'm different. I'm I'm not the same as the pastor. So I don't I don't know why I got to not lie. God, you know the situation that I was in. I had to lie. I couldn't do anything else. What, you want me to get in trouble, God? Is that what you want? When you have that mindset, you're never going to get it. You're never going to understand unless you have that submissive mindset and you gain that understanding. So it's all about checking our mindset and what type of mindset we have concerning the things of God and concerning instruction and understanding and reproof. Because if we don't, if we don't have that mindset of submission, if we don't come with attention, if we don't pay attention to the uh, words of the wise, if we don't come with that expectation of I'm going to get something out of it, but we're just coming with totally being against it, we're not, we're not going to get it. And then in verse seven, it says, go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. So the Bible is very literal. You know, I used to, you know, I used to read through the Bible and be like, okay, okay, take it with like a grain of salt. But I have heard one of my apostles say that the Bible is actually literal. So I know that me personally, I have hung around some people who were foolish and I was just like, okay, God, I know that you said come from amongst them. I know you said, you know, make wise counsel, my friend, and stay close to them. But I, I guess I'll just, you know, they're they're my school, they're my classmates, or they're at my summer school, or they're the associates that I have at this place right now. So I'm gonna hang out with them. And God's just like, no, you don't, you don't have to. And coming from the present shirt. Sure, they may be your classmate. They may be at your workplace. They may be at the summer program. They may even be in your youth group. But you don't have to really interact with them beyond a high and by. You don't really have to 
really talk with them in different things. So you have to remove yourself, remove your presence from them and make sure that you're not being affected because when you're in the presence of something different, either you're going to be affected by it or you're going to affect it. But one of those two things have to happen. And then in verse 8, it says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Verse 9, Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. So verse 9 is talking kind of like um, the scoffers when you mock at sin, when you're just like, you know, look at me. I do this and this is funny. It's funny when I fight. It's funny when I cuss. It's funny when I drink and get drunk. That's that's cool. It's fun to do this. How is this harmful? You know, that is what the fools do. But among the upright, there is favor because you have to not mock at sin. And that's also a part of taking the word literal, just realizing that your choices matter, being that prudent man or that prudent woman that cares for your future that realizes no I don't want to do that because that's going to mess up my future and though God works all things together for the good of those that love him that doesn't mean that I can do every damnable thing that comes to mind and think that I'm just going to have the best life ever and just be the good ship lollipop you know you got to make sure that you're caring about your future and caring about the steps that you're taking and things like that and at verse 10 it says the heart knows its own bitterness and a stranger does not share its joy verse 11 the house of the wicked will be overthrown but the tent of the upright will flourish verse 12 there is a way which seems right to a man but its end is the way of death so verse 12 is talking about not being wise in our own in our own eyes, sorry. And saying that there is a way which seems right to a man. There is a way that seems right to us. You know, when you when you think about something long enough and you say, "Well, I think that this would work out." If you ever think about a situation, maybe it's even a situation that never happened to you. Maybe you was watching TV and, you know, sometimes you like to watch the TV and be like, no, she shouldn't have done that because if it was me, she should have did this and that and this. Or you're watching a movie and you're like, nah, he shouldn't have done that. He should he should have went left. He should have went right. He should have went this way. He should have did that. Or even looking back at your own decisions, you could have been like, well, I... I should have did it this way or I should have did it that way or I think it would have been it would have worked out a lot better if this would have happened. We all have a way in our mindset when we think about something, we have a way that seems right to us. It seems right to us and logical to us to do this. But we have to know that our way has is ends in the way of death. You know, our way is never going to be the right way when God's way is our way when we claim God's way and when we claim the things and the ways that God wants to go then that will lead to the path of life but it said in um, verse 10 the heart knows its own bitterness our hearts we have wicked hearts you know and God has to clean our hearts and he has to set up our paths in our ways because he knows that our hearts 
are wicked and our hearts will not lead us in the right way. You know, our minds will not lead us in the right way. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is in the way of death. So God knows that. So he's like, choose my way, choose the life way, choose walking to life and not to death. And then in verse 13, it says, even in laughter, the heart may sorrow and the end of mirth may be grief. Verse 14, the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a man will be satisfied from above. So you have to realize that, but a good man, sorry, will be satisfied from above. And we have to understand that when we're doing the things of God, when we are proclaiming to be Christians and to know God and to know Christ, we have to realize that our satisfaction comes from above. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. You know, we are here, but we, our satisfaction should not come from here. Our, we should not delight in the carnal things. You know, we should delight in the things of God. Our, our monies should come from God. Our happiness, our joy should come from God. Our peace should come from God. Our prosperity should come from God. When we wake up in the morning, that our living should come from God. Just us wanting and that desire, our desires even should come from God. Our thoughts should come from God. We should eat, sleep, think, and breathe God because God is the thing that keeps us upright. God is the thing that keeps us going, that keeps us desiring even to live. I mean, just I just want you all to think about this and just think deeply about it and be honest. Would life be truly life? Could you live the fullness of life if you didn't have God? Like, could your existence be as meaningful as it is if you didn't have God. And I'm not talking about, you know, if you don't have God, the whole universe wouldn't be created and you wouldn't be alive right now. But I'm just saying, if you truly were void and you had darkness and you didn't have God to fill up that voidness now, I mean, just thinking about all the things that he's brought you through, all the things that you know God was a part of, even even the people of God who he placed in your life to bring you to him, could you live a life? Would you Would you have that? You know, because sometimes, I got to be honest, I've had that second thought of, oh gosh, I don't, I don't, I don't like school. This isn't working out. Life is super stressful. Life overwhelms me. You know, I always try and be like this and it never works out. And I feel like I make so many mistakes. Like, I don't even know if this is even worth it. And if I didn't have God... It wouldn't have been worth it. You know, if God wouldn't have brought me back around and was like, I have a purpose and a plan for your life and I have plans of good and not evil and you are more than a conqueror and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. If God, God wasn't there for me, if he didn't say, I, I have something special for you, you know, I have called you to be a fisher of men. If God wasn't there to say those things to me, to fill me, to fill those voids that I was feeling, I couldn't say that life was worth living without God. And that's just my personal opinion that if God wasn't there, it would, it would, 
get on my nerves, you know, it would make me angry to do this and it'd be pointless to think about how many times that you fear and care about what people think, you know, and that's what the world does. The world cares about what people think. The world cares about what's the latest shoes and what's the latest clothes. But we have to realize that as Christians, as people in a whole, whether people recognize it or not, we are drawn to something higher, to something different. And no no new shoe, no new clothes, no being the popular girl or the popular boy at school, no trying to get straight A's so you can make it into Harvard, so you can be that doctor that your family wants you to be. None of that is going to fill that void. Though it's good, at the end of the day, sometimes those things that you're reaching for seems purposeless. Sometimes they seem, you know, not what gets you going. If you had to say something that wakes you up in the morning, those things would be the last thing that wakes you up in the morning, that makes you happy, that makes you want to get out of bed. You know, those things are the last things that give you that extra push to keep it moving, you know. So I just thought that that would be something to really just think about in our minds, like what is our drive, you know, what gives us our gas. And for me, I mean, not just because I'm on this podcast and I'm supposed to be and being a fisher of men and encouraging you guys and speaking wisdom to you guys. But for me, honestly, it's God. There has been many of times where I was like, God is, if I don't have nothing else, I would just live the best life just having God, you know. Um, And then in verse 4, oh, sorry, verse 15, it says, the simple believes every word, but the prudent man considers well his steps. So this is also about um, being that prudent man and just having concern for your future and the simple believes every word. So in this, even in this year, you know, that's why we're learning about wisdom because of the manifestation and different things. We also have to have discernment in this year and discernment when people come against us and discernment when people try and tell us certain things and get in our ear. Even when we were talking a few chapters ago about the immoral woman talking to that man who lacked understanding and filled him with an enticing speech talking about how she had cinnamon on the bed and Egyptian linen and her husband wasn't home and they could fill their love to the morning, you know, just speaking that enticing speech that got into his imagination. We have to realize that we can't believe every word. We can't be simple. You know, it's not it shouldn't you should make up in your mind where it's not even an option to be simple that you will have discernment that you will be a prudent man or a prudent woman because if that man wasn't a man that lacked understanding if he was a prudent man he would be concerned about his future and even some more if he was a diligent man you you'd be concerned you'd be like okay um it's it's late at night i need to be at sleep because at sleep I need to be asleep because in the morning I I got to I got to go feed the ox the and I got to go and 
go to work and I got to care for my own family. And if I don't have a wife yet, I got to be, you know, I got to be asking God, well, where's my wife at? You know, just caring about your future because I, w- I want to have kids and I want to have a son that carries on my name. That's something that I desire. So you'd be thinking about that if you were the, if he, if he were the prudent man, he'd be thinking about that. And we have to make up in our minds to where we're not going to be simple, but we're going to be prudent. And then at verse 16, it says, a wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. So you have to realize that and in verse 16 though it says fears you know and departs from evil a wise man isn't fearful necessarily of evil a wise man isn't afraid of evil but he's understanding and he knows that evil is nothing for him you know evil has nothing to offer him and then on the second part, when it says, but a fool rages and is self-confident, that means that have you ever been around a person and, you know, somebody makes a slick remark and you, you being the wise man, you know, you're not fearful, but you're just like, I, I don't have time for that. You know, that you, you must be dealing with issues of your own and not in a rude way. But you must be dealing with issues of your own and I'm not going to be the person to spark your fire so you can run along and you can do that with somebody else because you're not going to get the feedback that you want out of me. Yet you have that other person and they like, what you say? And they trying to start a fight and different things like that. And then they feel self-confident and now their confidence is boosted up and they like, you You want to fight now? I mean, you know, I'm a good fighter. I'll knock you out. You know, people who are foolish like that and you you just being the wise man or the wise woman, you just like, um, I mean, you're not scared of them when they make that slick comment or that mean remark to you. You're not, you're not scared of them. You're just like, mm. I don't have time for this. This is not something that I want to spend my time doing. You know, this is not something that I want to partake in. You're not going to get the feedback out of me. Yet that foolish person feels like they always have something to defend. And they just want to be quick to rage and quick to their self-confidence. And just being in that place where they love that confrontation and where they love always being on the front line of that battle that didn't even need to be started. So you have to be careful of those type of people. And even if you are that type of person, you have to make sure that you are a wise person. Because honestly, to me, personally, it looks better for a person to just walk away than a person who stands there and fights that person. Because honestly, when you are willing to stand there and fight that person, you must have something to prove, you know, you must want to prove something versus if you just flat out walk away and act like you didn't even hear that person or you was like, okay, bye, have a blessed day. You look like you got yourself together and that you don't have to prove a thing to anybody, you know, and that's just my personal opinion. And then 
And in verse 17, it says, He who is quick-tempered acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. So you have to make sure that you're not quick-tempered because then you you act out of character, if you will. When you're always quick to temper, you do things that you wouldn't necessarily do, you know. And you you let your wickedness come out. You you show your true colors. You know, you show the things that you have hidden in your heart because Solomon said, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. So when you're quick to temper, you act foolishly and you let all those issues in your heart flow out. And it could be something so simple, but you blow it up because your heart is just flowing out all the issues of your life. And that is a foolish thing to do. You know, a wise man keeps his anger, keeps his temper. He keeps his word few. But a foolish man is willing to just let all that stuff go. And also thinking about that with the difference between the foolish and the wise is because when we are wise, when we are upright, when we have that walk with God, he said to cast our cares upon him and cast all of our burdens upon him. So when we make God our counselor, when we make God our friend, we we tell him our burdens and we tell him the things that anger us and the things that make us upset versus the foolish, they don't have anybody to talk to. So they talk to the world. They don't they don't have anybody to give them good counsel. So they just they just let all their issues flow out to the world. Like if you've heard different songs or just seen different movies and they're just letting it all fall out of their mouth and they're just saying all that they feel in their heart and it may be wicked, you know, it may be wicked or it may be some deep stuff, but they just don't have that counsel that we have. They don't have that God that is like, I care for you and I love you and I want to know the things that hurt you. They don't have that person to say, yeah, I know that you're angry, but what will you getting into a fight do? Like, what will that help? What will that solve? They don't have that person feeding that information into them. They don't have that connection with God to do so. And that is also why we as Christians are called to be fishers of men because we need to point them to the God because sometimes they act foolishly and you can't judge them. You can't be like, oh my gosh, they're so wicked. It's so annoying. Like, can you just find God already? Well, they can't if you're talking about them and not talking to them to bring them to Christ. So we have to, when we see those people, we kind of have to step up and, you know, in a, in a, little way you don't have to do it all bold like the bible says you know be slow to speak slow to anger and quick to listen you know you don't have to go that deep i mean it's good to give them a scripture and different things but you should just tell them you know in a way that they can understand leave them with the scripture and just let them marinate on that and let them think about that because truth doesn't leave a person so you just have to make sure that you're giving the, them that truth and planting those Easter eggs to draw them to God and to, you know, allow them to follow and come back to God. 
And then at verse 18, it says, The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Verse 19, The evil will bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Verse 20, The poor man is hated even by his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. So on verse 20, when I'm reading this, I think about us being poor as Christians. Christians being poor and we're hated. We are a hated people by the devil, by evil, by wickedness. But the rich has many friends. The rich person has a lot of friends. But you got to realize when you walk this walk with God and when you become poor, you you become hated versus you being rich. And this sense kind of like rich in the world Versus poor in the spirit. When you, you're only poor. We learned the other time that we're only poor because we're giving what we have to others. And we're pouring out to others. And even the ones that you pour out to will hate you. That you, they will ask you for peace in their own way. And you will give them peace and then they'll hate you for it. They'll be like, well, who do they think? Or just joy. You could give them joy. And they could ask you for joy and you could always be giving joy and you could always have a smile on your face. And they just be like, well, who do they think they are to have so much peace of mind? Who do they think they are to be so happy? You know, all the time you you can't be happy that much, you know. So the poor is hated, but the rich has many friends. When you're rich in the world, people are like, oh, my gosh, I love you when you sing songs about a whole bunch of wickedness and foolishness. Everybody wants to listen to it. Everybody loves you. When you make movies about wickedness and foolishness, everybody loves you. But when you when you give people truth and when you pour out to them, they'll hate you. And then in verse 21, it says, He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. So, in verse 22, it says, Do they not go astray who devise evil? But mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. Verse 23, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Verse 24, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolish of fool, the foolishness of fools sorry, is folly. Verse 25, A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lives. So as I was reading this, I was also thinking about sometimes when a person may lie to help, quote unquote, help someone out or help themselves out. But you have to realize that a true witness delivers souls. So you have to tell the truth no matter what, no matter how, quote unquote, ugly the truth is, you still have to be honest because that saves souls. When you tell the truth about somebody or be a truthful witness, no matter you know what the situation is, that will save somebody's soul. You never know when you could be that inspiration to somebody else. Or when somebody else, you know, because sometimes we think in our minds that, you know, well, they want us to lie for them when no. They need to get in trouble because you never know when that getting in trouble could change their lives forever. So we have to keep that mindset of being honest no matter what circumstance and being a true witness in 
every aspect. And then in verse 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Verse 27, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to avoid the snares of death. Verse 28, And a multitude of people is a king's honor, but in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. Verse 29, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Verse 30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Verse 31, who, I'm sorry, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Verse 32, the wicked is banished in his wickedness, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Verse 33, wisdom rests quietly in the heart of him who has understanding, but what is in the heart of fools is made known. So that was kind of like what I was talking about earlier when the people of the world will always flow out their heart. And you know those people, have you ever had an encounter or seen on movies or TV shows or even just heard those people that just always have to give their point of view. You know, those people that always have to say, well, I feel this way about this topic, you know, you know, and I'm not trying to hate or anything, but different talk shows, you know, have you ever heard the talk shows or the news talk shows? And it's about them giving their opinions on different things that have happened in the world. And yes, that can be enlightening and good and different things like that. But there are some people who make talk shows or even podcasts who even have podcasts or talk shows and different things like that who are just doing it to get their point across because they they feel the need. Oh, I gotta I gotta tell people what I feel about this. I gotta tell somebody how I feel about this. I gotta put my two cents in it. You know, and different things like that. But wisdom rests quietly in the heart of him who has understanding. So wisdom will rest quietly in you. Certain situations that happen, you you have your thoughts about it. You know, you have your wise thoughts about it. But you don't always have to make them known. You don't always have to say, well, I feel this way about this. Well, I think this way about this. Though you are righteous and though you have wisdom, it rests in your heart. You don't always have to open your mouth and say how you feel about a certain situation or how you feel about something. It will just rest in your heart versus being foolish and just always having to be that person to open up your mouth and say, well, I think this or I feel this or this made me feel this type of way or different things like that. And then in verse 34, it says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Verse 35, The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. So, like, um, I believe it was in chapter 13 when I was saying that we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And we have to know that we are God's servants. We are representatives of the kingdom and we are servants. So we have to be wise servants so God's favor can be towards us. And that is the end of chapter 14. And I am so thankful for you guys tuning in. And um, 
I'm thankful for you guys listening to the podcast. It is it is honestly a blessing to my soul to have you listen. I mean, it makes me feel good that um, I am being a fisher of men and that I am spreading some excuse me sorry some wisdom throughout this month and I am glad that I decided to do it with others versus just taking this journey by myself I am really glad so yes you all are blessing my soul so much much more than I think you know and just it is good encouragement to me with even stepping out on faith with this podcast, like I had stated, I think in the last podcast or a few episodes back, I'm just like stepping out on faith and it is a blessing to see manifestation when you do that. So, you know, God will back you if you are in the will of God. And I'm just saying this for maybe you have a podcast that you want to start or even a business, you know, you want to go as far as a business or just something to get out in your community, in your church. Maybe you want to start a program within your church and you want to do it. I say go for it and just pray about it because that's what I had to do with this. You know, honestly, I just had to be in prayer about it and be like, okay, God, this is kind of the outline of what I want to do, but I'm not for sure how to do it. And I want you to back me up on this. And I can honestly say that God has been backing me with um, these decisions and different things. And we have to realize that our desires need to be the desires of God. You know, it's not natural to desire, you know, and me being a 17-year-old girl to desire, oh, yeah, let's let me start um uh, tibs, a teen interactive Bible study and make videos and just teach different people. Or let me start a podcast about 31 days of Proverbs and just keep on going throughout the year and keep it going. I mean, um, it's not of me because honestly, I, it wasn't until today when I started thinking and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a busy person. You know, I have stuff to do And I make these 40-minute long podcasts sometimes and sometimes shorter or I'm, um, you know, who knows how many people will listen to me or who knows how many people will actually get encouraged by this. You know, those are so many thoughts that could have popped into my head. But, you know, when God said 31 days of Proverbs, I was like, okay, Lord, let's jump on it. You know, I was just moving in that faith and that's what we have to do. We have to move in that faith like I was saying the last time we have to connect our faith with his promises you know he has promised that he will go before us he will be that God that goes before us and has our back at the same time so it's all about connecting our faith with his promise and that is you know just a little testimony that is how growing in Christ got started just me connecting my faith with his promise this has been like months in the making you know and sometimes I got a little discouraged I'm not gonna lie and I um I'm a person who is like easily overwhelmed so you know I got overwhelmed a few times and I was like oh I don't know how I'm gonna do this but every time I got overwhelmed I was just like God I don't know what I'm doing I need help and God was right there to help me and you also have to realize too that God may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I mean, I've been praying about this since December and I was like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But every time I wanted to like 
jump in there, I felt in my spirit that it wasn't time yet. And then, bam, like at the end of December, it was like 31 days of Proverbs right in January to start this year, 2020, a new decade off with some wisdom and just give feeding wisdom into us. And I was like, wow, you know, sometimes God is like right on time because if he would have told me that in December and if I would have got started in December, you know, it wouldn't have had the same effect. So we just have to honestly wait on the Lord, you know, wait on him and look to the hills which cometh our strength. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.